We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Andrew Claudio here with a quick programming note. This is part three of our three-part episode, all dedicated to a cap or no cap about trading Julius Randle in part one and two. It's the rest of the episode, and I hope you've heard them both already. Uh, In part one, we recapped the week, talked about RJ's interview on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, The Old Man and the Three, and then Jeremy began with the first half of uh, this cap or no cap, I guess more two-thirds of the way between the end of episode one or part one and then part two. In this part, we wrap up the talk about Julius Randle as well as one specific player and one specific trade that has become popular that a lot of Knicks fans are interested in. Uh, And then we do a producer's corner where I give the guys a guessing game as to some historical context of the kind of guy the Knicks would be trading in Julius Randle and the names that he finds himself with on a certain list when you... uh, sort of certain criteria on uh on on stat head that's all i'll leave it at that um hopefully you listen to part one and two already if you haven't yet go refresh your podcast feed they should be available now and if you have let's conclude this baby without further ado here is cap or no cap 2.0 trading julius randall part three So here's 2024. Bigger list. Okay. Not not happening. Yeah, it's larger. But, and then, of course, these are players who probably will sign extensions, some of them. Um, So let's go through. We discussed it's not going to happen. Yeah. Clay Thompson's going to sign an extension. Middleton will sign some sort of extension. Siakam will sign some sort of extension. Um, McCollum's an interesting one. I, I don't think the Knicks are trading Julius for McCollum. Do you? No, I do not. No. Uh, same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. No, yeah. Same with Devin Booker. Um, I I don't just don't see Kristaps Porzingis reunion <laughs> happening, or him being moved in a deal where the pieces go out and everything. So I just you imagine see. Julius Randle for Kristaps? Who says no? There you go. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. We've talked about him. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Hayward. We have talked about yes. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Um, don't see Can, that one. Nope. Demar. Nope. That's he's not getting dealt. Same thing with Jalen Brown. Same thing with Draymond Green. Buddy healed. I, I sure like yes, theoretically they could do it. But Buddy Heal also had a really nice uh, time in Indiana. He revived his value quite a bit. I, they could easily just keep him. That they'd be fine with that, I'm sure. But again, this is like the Knicks are going to the, the Pacers are going to give up Buddy Heald and something else, right? Because the Knicks are going to want something else for Julius Randle. It just it doesn't make sense on paper. Yeah, you'd have to involve a third team. You could you could do it. I just it doesn't feel the most grounded. Mike Conley, 
Um, the aged Mike yeah. Connolly. <laughs> Maybe Utah blows it up, but similar to Bogdanovich, doesn't seem like what the Knicks would have in mind, but you never know. It's just Conley's getting up there in age. He's, he's still talented, but that he's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of age and the Knicks core. Van Fleet, no. Would not be shocked if Van Fleet extended this summer. I know he could probably get more if he waits, but I would not be surprised if he if he is a 120% candidate this summer. Definitely possible. Yeah. Eric Gordon is a really fascinating player because he has a team option. It's a, it, it basically becomes fully guaranteed if his team wins the championship, but um, I don't see that really happening. So he can actually be non-guaranteed in 2023. But that goes back to the whole expiring salary and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, you know, maybe there's a three-team deal where the Knicks take on Eric Gordon and send out um, Julius Randle and some other piece goes to the Rockets. But at the same time, it's like Eric Gordon's a talented player. He's also similar to Connolly. He's getting up there in age. I would I would be very surprised if this is the direction the Knicks were going, unless again they got some sort of draft equity. And I don't I don't see. And the by the way, the Rockets don't have a whole lot of draft equity to trade because they traded away a lot of it already. So very yeah. true. Joe Harris, don't see that happening between the Knicks and the Nets. No, Sponis isn't going anywhere. Nope. Uh, Dinwiddie would be hilarious, but that's not going to happen. Uh, the Knicks they, had the chance to sign Dinwiddie. It's not because yeah. he's, he's not the point guard that they like. You know, like, and and I think the playoffs are kind of. He's certainly cooled down a bit. I mean, he's been bad in the playoffs, but he's great in his time with Dallas before the season yeah. started. But he like the Knicks had the opportunity to sign Dinwiddie this summer, and they chose not to because no, they didn't want he's him. a little bit more inefficient, not a great floor spacer, doesn't pull up a lot, but he drives, he drives relentlessly. So, but again, if you're gonna like. You're going to carve out it. So what the Knicks are going to get another pick from Dallas uh, to, so they could swap in. Like, I don't, I don't think Dallas wants to do that. I don't think the Knicks want to do that. Probably not. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Again, you're now talking about Atlanta having to figure out the John Collins situation to accommodate this. Yeah. I don't think that's something they want to go. And Bogdanovich has a traded player exception, mind you. Uh, excuse me. Uh, a, a trade kicker similar to. Oh, Lewis, does he? Actually. He does. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was part of that poison pill type salary. They got gotcha. Sacramento. Yeah. Gary Trent Jr. I don't see Toronto parting with him. He had a great season. Uh, again, we're back to Orlando. Randall with, with Markel Fultz in this point. We've talked about Fultz and, and his yes. aversion. To Randall for Markel Fultz. That's where we have arrived, Everybody. ladies and gentlemen. Um, DeJounte Murray, Spurs are not no. doing that. <laughs> Marcus Morris. You know, again, like I still think he's much better suited for a Derrick Rose trade, but it'd have to be Morris and another salary that you're bringing in Randall. But from LA's perspective, it's probably better of a three-team deal. So then where's Randall going for the third team? It's just a lot to handle. Valanciunas, I don't see him going no, anywhere. That's not happening. And then Malik Beasley, where I mean he's he's doing well in, in a roll off the bench. So like yeah, on this list now, how how confident are we feeling that these are the, the players that the Knicks are acquiring? Not very. Not very. I, I don't, I don't, none of the players that we're looking at right now on this list or, or none of the players that we just went through are guys who scream like, yes, this is a good, this is a reasonable expectation for a Julius Randle trade. And I'm going to go to 2025 in a second, but for those of you listening or watching, you're potentially thinking, okay, hold on a second, right? Because these two knuckleheads talked about the fact that Julius Randall is like super easy to move. And we've gone through all these players hey, and, hey. Nothing, and it's, it's Don't listen, put words in my mouth. I I'm putting words in there in our, and hey, you can put words in other people's mouth. Yes. Not your mouth. I'm saying theirs, but the point is like the value is neutral, but then there's the second part. How do you find the pieces that work? And that is, that's the challenging part. It's not like what Randall's worth in a vacuum. It's, the ability to move him and find teams that find the right pieces, but we'll move to 2025 as well and try to bring this home a little bit. Okay. So now we are looking at players who make over $50 million a year who are slated to become unrestricted free agents in three years. Yes. And the first two names on this list, both play for the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I don't see it happening. I don't either. And again, this was the list that had, the player options of 
Giannis, yes. Jason Tatum, Mitchell. So uh, Damon Lillard, it would be very funny if the Knicks traded for Lillard. Uh, and I don't mean that necessarily. I'm like, the Knicks should totally do it. Yes. If the price is so low that it makes sense, we can have that conversation, but I just don't see it happening regardless. So what do you think that, how do you think that trade, how do you think that, sorry, how do you think that conversation would go between uh, who's running the the Blazers now? I don't even know. Um, not Neil like O'Shea. It, it is not. No, he was, he was like a Joe. He was like, Cronin, sure. Think. Yeah. Thanks. So like the the next, <laughs> who calls who? It's like, the next you're like, yeah, we'll take Dame off your hands. We'll give you Julius. And the, and the, and the Blazers are like, well, first they're going to say No. And then, but then they're going to be like, well, just out of curiosity, what else are you packaging with them? Um, yeah, I don't think that conversation gets very far. It doesn't. But I will say again, when we talked about Julius in regards to Donovan Mitchell, if there is that prevailing thought of Julius as a, a salary filler and a way for him to try to quote unquote cook on Portland if they go into full rebuild mode. Yeah. And then it's like, as you said, what other pieces are you attaching? Does yeah. Portland want another draft pick specifically? What could very easily or likely pan out to be the 11th pick in the draft? Are there young players on the roster? Like, can they use Julius as not the centerpiece, but maybe a piece and the salary filler for the most part in how they get Damian Lillard? I don't know. I also don't think the yeah. Knicks want Damian Lillard in the sense of I, like, let's get a guy who I'm not saying 30 one thirty-two is old, it's, but the whole thing with Dame is that you're basically acquiring him to then extend him because that's what he wants. Yes, this he was, wants the massive extension that I feel very queasy about. It's like if you don't want to pay Jimmy me. Butler his next deal, yeah. don't pay Damian Lillard that. Yeah, because that's you're going to be in a, in a potentially worse position. That would, no, that that deal is going to age um, very yeah. poorly. Uh, next up, Anthony Davis. We just talked about that's not not happening. Ben Simmons. I'm just going to move right along for everyone's sake. Who says no? Past it. Uh, Drew Holiday. Nope. No. Brandon, Brandon Ingram. No. Nope. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. No. Uh-uh. Chris Paul, if he hadn't been non-guaranteed beforehand by Phoenix, uh, because that's in his contract. No. Clint Capella. I, no. No, not for not, Julius. No, not a chance. Here it is. Here's here's one option that we're we've talked about. There so he is clinging to it's it's Malcolm Brockton. It's right? not nuts. It's not again. Like it all depends on if Indiana is comfortable with it. But I think that the thing with Brogdon that's being overlooked, which sort of plays into New York's hands a bit is that he doesn't stay healthy. Right. So yeah. yeah. Like, and he was on, he's a, he's a, a driving point guard who finishes. He had a 50, 40, 90 season. Not too long ago. This season was not a great shooting season. No, he he shot very poorly from deep this year. His pull up game is um, okay. You know, usually it's, it's fine. I think not this past season, the season before it was weak, but I might be mixing that up. He's the type of player where it does satisfy getting rid of Randall. You could see Randall fitting with Indiana. You could see Brogdon starting that role and kind of being this prototypical big guard who can help mask some of the defensive point of attack woes. And, and, you know, like he also isn't going to be healthy. So does that mean Emmanuel quickly sees more time? Does it mean Alec Burke sees more time? I'm half joking. Does it mean Deuce McBride gets more time as well? Is Derek Rose still in the equation? Probably not. If you have Malcolm Brogdon there too, but he's like the salary filler and fills a role that it seems the Knicks want to fill for why this deal makes sense. I do think that I say this before the, the John Collins, Malcolm Brogdon, Julius Randall, three teamer. I think that. Yeah, I could, I could see that type of move being made. I don't think that that's crazy. Although if the, if you're the Knicks, are you just, are you, it's like, okay, we're getting Malcolm Brogdon for Julius Randall. That's it. We're moving on. I mm, stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I think we. I feel like we're at a place where we've looked at these three so far, three classes, and we feel better about this one more than any others. Yeah, by a wide margin. Um, Lonzo just signed. It's not going to happen. Although, again, he's he's been injured, similar to Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. It's followed him his yeah. whole NBA career, unfortunately. Um, man, they wouldn't do that. Would they? They wouldn't do that. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, okay. <laughs> That's sure. 
There's a name. No. Uh, Evan Fortier, we don't need to talk about. Uh, OG Adenobi, a player I really like, uh, is not getting traded to the Knicks for Julius Randle. Uh, Derek White just got traded to Boston. It's not going to happen. Uh, you mentioned Jonathan Isaac. Why? Why, are, why is Orlando doing that trade? They're not. Also, um, why are the Knicks doing that trade? I mean, I, Isaac has some theoretical upside, but yes, he blocks Toppin. So, you know, that's an issue. Um, he hasn't seen the court in a long time either. Uh, Laurie Markkinen just signed in Cleveland. Uh, does seem he could play the three. He's played the three this year a little bit. It has worked. Yep. Yeah. Julius Randle could not do that. And then the last name on this list, another Dallas Maverick, Davis Bertans. How you doing? So Bertans is this year, uh, not this year, but the, the 2025 year is actually a partially guaranteed year for him. Yes. So he could be a free agent in 2024, with like I think $5 million guaranteed. So two more fully guaranteed years. Right. So he doesn't really belong in this category. He's probably more in the 2024. Bertans, it's like one of those deals where if you did Randall for Bertans and added picks, what's left of what Dallas has, or at least one other, it's almost like that mindset of, yes, that's fine because it gets Julius Randall out of our hair. Fortunately, the Knicks aren't going to operate that way and they shouldn't because that's just, I, I before had this thinking of like, oh, that could work in the sense of like, you do it, it satisfies all parties. But when you take a step back, it's like, no, that's, you're basically, again, trading a starter for a player who's really not good in their rotation because they don't have that many pieces. And what, maybe like the 25th pick overall in a future draft? Yeah, it's it's a future asset you could play with, but it like it it does nothing. It doesn't help you do much. I I don't think they're they're doing this trade for a no, pick. I don't even. No. So all right, well we ran through those three. And I just want to go back to this because we went to the teams we saw beforehand, uh, and we could after we looked through all those names, we could now easily run through it one more time to see if we've stumbled upon anything different. Um, Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Raptors, Bulls, Nets, Hawks. We've said no to all of them except maybe maybe Atlanta. the Atlanta trade. That's a three-team yeah. deal with Brogdon. Um, Cavs, Hornets off the table. Doesn't Wizards, like Wizards, probably not. Probably not. Pacers, maybe. Sure, we talked about Brogdon, which is part of the other one. Um, Pistons, imagine no. Yeah, like mostly be cap space or like a Kelly Olynyk type. Um, Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors out. Mavs, we've discussed those players the jazz uh, again has to go back to spider if they want to do that yep uh, nuggets no wolves no pelicans you're going to talk about in your newsletter but probably no same with the clippers and probably the spurs and the lakers and the kings and potentially the blazers maybe the blazers um, but maybe, and then no for the thunder realistically, and then no for the rockets. So that's a lot of no's, Jeremy. It is, which is why it then comes down to that three team deal, which is, you know, what it feels like it's going to be if it's not a Malcolm Brogdon type of trade. And even then, that could be a three team deal for all we no. know. But it also brings us to our best friend. Yeah. Base your compensation once again. Why are we talking about this today? Why are we talking about this today? Well, I will tell you again, as a refresher, if you did not watch the last cap or no cap, base your compensation affects players who are making next to no money, or actually it could be more, but then they make a lot more than that. Um, The four conditions. Number one, the prior team uses full bird or early bird rights to resign the player, right? It's a player they've had for at least two to three years. Uh, or at least that they've traded to and that player on the last team when they signed the contract was on the roster for two to three years. Player's new salary is more than the minimum amount. Um, It's also more than 20% of the last contract and that the team that would be trading them basically signs the player as an over-the-cap team and then trades them away. So why am I talking about this? Well, I have no idea. There are three options in terms of signing trades. And I've actually talked about the first two, but I'll refresh it. Number one, Let's say the Knicks trade Randall to a team with cap space. It generates a large traded player exception. The Knicks could function over the salary cap. Um, they could work out a sign-in trade with a free agent. Um, they generate a traded player exception for the other team. They could trade a player over to that other team and or a pick, multiple picks, multiple players. Um, 
base your compensation is unlikely to be a factor if the matching isn't an issue, right? Because if the Knicks had someone sign and trade a free agent into their traded player exception, matching isn't an issue because you're not necessarily sending anything back. Like you're probably sending the rights to, I don't know, like an international player, for example, something where you, you touch on it and qualify what you need to, but you can avoid base your compensation that way. That, that's yes. one of the, the three ways. Well, two ways, I guess. The second way, of course, is if the Knicks did the same thing, but then operated as an under-the-cap team, right? So they dumped Julius Randle, created a traded player exception, said to hell with the traded player exception. We want to sign a player outright. The Knicks could do this, uh, especially if it's an unrestricted free agent and the player just walks. And what's more, the Knicks could do what they did with Evan Fournier and the Boston Celtics, which was, we're going to sign Evan Fournier out of cap space. And then the Celtics go, well, wait, wait, hold on. What if we, what if we gave you like a fake for a fake second and a real second and we created a traded player exception and the Knicks say, sure. Yeah. That sounds great to us. That's fine. We'll do it. They could always do that. And that's another way that base your compensation wouldn't be a factor. We're good, right? We're good so far. Cool. This brings us to the third option. And I want to talk These about... Are, by the way, both of those were with the Knicks trading Julius Randle to a team with cap space. Correct. As opposed to trading Julius Randle directly to a team that would then sign and trade a player to the Knicks, which is not what we were just talking about. So right, this is now where we are at. This is where we're at. Option three, sign and trade. And I wanted to talk about one unrestricted free agent because he seems to be the man of the week. And I know you talked about him in one of your newsletters, that being Jalen Brunson. Yes. Um, I'm not going to talk about the who, what, why, where with Jalen Brunson. I just, I, I don't want to get, I don't want to get off topic. I just want to mention him as a player and how this would go down or how it wouldn't go down. So if Julius Randle's traded after July 6th, his cap hit is going to be $27,560,000. Um, the reason why it would be July 6th and not beforehand is because Jalen Brunson's a free agent and you can't work out a sign and trade before July 6th for a free agent. Just ask the Milwaukee Bucks how that went about with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. So it'd have to be after this date. Now, the Knicks could then acquire up to $34.55 million when they go about with matching. And now I say minimum money income, but I have min- or incoming, but I have minimum in quotes because it's not really the minimum, right? Like as we mentioned with another team, if the Knicks dumped salary and figured something out, like there are ways where they could also sign Brunson for less than this, but it'd have to be more of the first two options, right? So right now it's basically saying that the money that they would have to pay Jalen Brunson to come to New York and do this deal is 20, 21 million or starting salary, $21,968,000. Um, that would basically equate to with a 5% ascending raise, four years, $94.5 million. Not a bad payday. I understand It's not. And I understand some of you are not on the Jalen Brunson train. I respect that. I also can tell you they can do descending 5%. So it wouldn't actually be that. It could be less. Well, it, it, 8% because Dallas is signing not to the be contract, 8%. right? No, because you can't do 8% in a sign and trade. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. Right. Didn't realize that. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's the way that it could go about it. And here's the thing, right? You could think, oh, well, Dallas is acquiring $27.5 million and sending out, um, you know, they're, they're doing 21.96. It's, it's meeting or 968. It's meeting the requirements that Jeremy said. Well, here's the fun thing about outgoing money for base year compensation teams, specifically the ones trading them away. Um, it counts for 50%. So it would actually be 10.9, 10, yeah, $10.984 million, which does not match as we can put a big fat X emoji on there. And like, you're looking at these numbers, there is, there's literally, there's literally no way to, for a Jalen Brunson and a Julius Randall sign and trade to work in direct sign and trade to work money wise. It cannot happen. You're right. It can't, but you said the word direct. Yes, direct, direct. Yes. There's a way, John. There's a will, there's a way. There's always a way. There's always I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. I was proud of this because I worked it out and I ran it by someone that I trust with this stuff, and they confirmed it. Okay. So what would it be? Well, how do we fix this? Hypothetically, 
It would be Julius Randle going to the Dallas Mavericks, the Mavericks sending Brunson to the Knicks, and then the Mavs trading salary like Tim Hardaway Jr. or Davis Bertans to a team with cap space. And then the team that has cap space that's taking on one of those players, you know, maybe they send one of those heavily protected picks we talk about. It's like a second round pick that will only convey if it's 55 to 60. And we know it's not going to convey. And that's how you do it. That's like the type of math involved for how you still have the same math I talked about, but it's also the math shaving off salary. So go ahead. No, I was going to say this is so correct me if I'm wrong. This would be one trade. This would not be separate deals. This would be one deal. Correct. Yes. Because you, you could break it up. Mind you. But it, but in this case, it, when I say you could break I think it, it would up, have to no, but I think it would have to be one deal because the Mavs are not close enough to getting under the cap. Correct. This specific one, this example, yes, is yes. one deal. This would have yes. to be good, or this would have to be one deal. So, because I, I think what you're getting at here is, it doesn't matter where the money is going. At the end of the day, what you need to report back to the league office is this is the amount of money that we are taking in and this is the money that we have going out. And as long as those numbers match based on the salary matching rules, which it depends how much there are different salary matching categories, we don't need to get into that right now. But as long as at the end of the day, the numbers add up, then you're fine. Um, this is creative. I will say this is creative. I'm impressed. This is really now, good. If you're wondering, like, why does this trade happen? It's, it's mainly contingent upon... Four main things. It's Brunson demanding out. Why does Jalen Brunson want to leave? Well, it all depends on payday. Um, keep in mind, I know that a lot of people, specifically Mavs fans, I've been following. Uh, my algorithm is now very Mavericks focused because I've been keeping tabs on Brunson for a while. Yeah. And I've seen Mavs fans being like, well, the Knicks would have to pull all these strings and they can't offer this much money. And if we go back, the Knicks could offer up to $34 million. Jalen Brunson cannot legally make that much money. He'd have to top out at 30.5. I'm not saying he should make a full max contract, but I'm just saying that the idea that the Knicks can't offer that when you do the deal I just constructed, that's false. Well, they, the Knicks could say yes. like, hey, Dallas, we're going to offer this dude this much money. And we're either going to go about it in a number of ways. Number one, we trade Julius Randle to a team with cap space, and then we could, we could just sign Jalen Brunson. Or we could do that, sign Jalen Brunson into a sign and trade of the TPE, right? Because again, if the Knicks were to, I, I, I know I'm trying to lose, I'm losing people. So let me take a step back, right? No, no. What you're, what you're, well, you're, you're look, 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 I think the easier way to say it is the only, the Knicks are not a team that is so far above the cap that they cannot feasibly open cap space to the point where they could say, look, Dallas, we have the ability to do this. If we want to, we are more than happy to play ball with you so that we don't have to give a first round pick to the fucking magic to take on whatever. I'm just making up a team to take on uh, who would it be? Whatever. Nerland's in the well or Alec Burks or whatever. The point is the Knicks, I think, have it. And, you, you know, we don't need to get into the whole thing about like there will be probably some team that wants Derek Rose on an ex essentially an expiring contract and may even be willing to pay a small price to obtain Derek Rose. Um, you know, might they have to pay a little something to get off of Burks? Might a team pay a little something? Whatever. The point is they can move around salary to the point where they can become a cap space team. As long as they have the ability to do that and credibly look Dallas in the eye and say, look, we got this over here. We If we want it. So either play ball with us or you're not getting anything. That's, I think, what you're getting at. Yeah, it 100% is. Yes. Because if you're Dallas, you could say, well, crap, if we're going to lose Jalen Brunson, I mean, number one, we don't want to, but if he's getting a ton of money and we can't. If we're losing spend, him anyway. Right. We might as well make lemons out of, or make lemonade out of lemons. And then you say, if you're Dallas, you're like, well, we would like something more than maybe number one, Brunson walking for nothing. Uh, number two, Brunson walking, and it only generates a traded player exception because the Mavs could then sign and trade Brunson into the traded player exception that the Knicks would have created by dumping Julius Randle. Um, or they could say, well, a pretty good trade for us if we're going to lose Jalen Brunson, uh, if he's made up his mind and he's gone, 
is we get back the hometown kid, Julius Randle, whose value is low. We can revive that, pair him with Luca. And then that's why I was saying with the idea of what if they're also interested in Miles Turner, right? They could go to Indiana and say, hey, Indiana, how would you feel about Dwight Powell, Trey Burke, and a future first round pick? And maybe Indiana actually is interested in that. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But it's that type of thinking where it's Dallas could then say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we lost Jalen Brunson. That sucks. But, uh, well, wait hey, a minute. We Hold also, on. What? Could, couldn't they just, couldn't they just send Bertans or Hardaway for that matter to Indy? Um, they could, oh no, because but, I, but no, I'm that, saying that one of those out. salaries has yeah, to, okay. so that's the benefit, right? Like there are a lot but, of, no, hold on, wait, here, they, but, they can send both out. They can they send could. one to a cap space team and the other, <laughs> the other well, one's the other Indiana. Exactly. There you go. So four team, four team trade. Right. And then if you're also Dallas, another thing you could think about is, well, we've upgraded our roster. Why don't we just call up Goran Dragic and say, Hey, how would you like to be our backup point guard in, yeah. or our starting point guard instead of Jalen Brunson, who we appear to be losing. And then you add depth. Like that is how you basically turn the Jalen Brunson. We've lost him situation into, but look what we've gained. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Knicks fans? Have you heard about prize picks? It's daily fantasy made easy. I love it and I know you will too. PrizePix is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All users that deposit and use promo code FILMSCHOOL will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. I made an account and I can't believe how easy it is to make my picks. You choose two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Go to prizepix.com and use promo code FILMSCHOOL or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix. It's daily fantasy made easy. Anything could happen at this point, so it's it's a little premature to talk about this. Um, but uh, I'm happy we went through that exercise because I did again. You've blown me away now twice twice in a row, Jeremy. I did not think about the ability to send that money to a team with cap space, um, which I guess the Knicks would probably send. The Knicks would probably send the pick. They would have to send the pick, right? Problem. It depends on how. Well, here's the thing. It depends on how Randall is viewed. Because again, if you're, I'm not saying yeah, that you, hmm. this, but that's the issue. It's 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 more complicated than that. Because we could talk yeah. about Dallas, right? But if they're also finding a way to dump Bertans' salary, for example, yeah, no, forget I said that. They're getting Julius Randall. But I, that, I had that that same thought of like, who is attaching some sort of asset to the 
team, you know, what's going, I can't, I can't fully answer it. There are a couple varying ways it could go down, but from my vantage point, it's if Brunson's committed to coming to New York and he may not be, but let's say he is, then how the Knicks can finagle it and try to leverage that against Dallas. And then Dallas says, okay, well, we understand the predicament we're now in. We can take on Julius Randle. We can always do other things to tinker around the margins and maybe bring in a player like Miles Turner, do something mm. like that. If it costs us a pick that we know is going to be late because we're going in on a contender right now and we feel like we can win a championship today around Luka Doncic, then you worry about later, later. And you worry about now, right now. It, man, the Breton's money is not good. It's not. And, 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 the, Tim, and the Timmy money ain't much better. <laughs> It's the only thing about the Timmy money that's better is that it's a declining contract, but then the Bertans deal, there's one fewer year. So like you pick your poison, but Timmy can be a rotation piece for a team. Like this is another option. Can you make this a four team deal? Could you move Tim Hardaway Jr. to a team like Sacramento that really wants more? Might actually, yeah. Do they move Rashawn Holmes and Mo Harkless to Dallas, excuse me, to uh, to Detroit? Because Detroit was looking for a center. And then it's like, you're telling me that we basically give up a fake second round pick and we get Rashawn Holmes, although he, of course, has baggage that we've talked about. And um, the Mo Harkless contract that's expiring. And like, that's all we get for using our cap space. That's that works for us, too. So maybe you find other partners that want to dance with you. Yeah, if the Knicks are giving up Julius Randle, they're and they're and they're paying you and they're paying Jalen Brunson this kind of contract. They're I don't think they're giving up a, a pick for the right to do so. But you know, again, if you're Dallas, it, if again, this really all does come down to Brunson. We'll save it, but it, it comes down to Brunson. If Brunson wants to push push this thing, it's it. The ball's in his court. That's all it is. Hundred percent. All right, man. I think we did well, that justice. What? I think we did yeah. that justice. No, we did that justice. It's just, it is really, um, and again, I've done like the exercise we've just did. I do that like in my head, probably once a week, um, going through these teams, just waiting for something new to materialize. And it's funny, Jeremy, nothing ever seems to, nothing new ever seems to, which is why you start to get a little kooky and come up with, with crazy trade ideas. Um, no, it's, it, he's a tradable contract. It's not going to be uh, that easy of a, of a time to find, a trade and it's going to have to be in all likelihood. And I think this is a good place to end it. A situation where there is, there is being pressure exerted by some external force, which is to say outside of the Knicks organization, because I think the one conclusion that we, we we've kind of reached already, which is that like, and I've said this in different ways, the Knicks are not going into their meetings this summer with like, okay, We've decided we're moving on from Julius Randle. Let's figure out the best deal and we'll just take it. That's not what is going to happen here. Um, There's going to need to be pressure exerted from another external force, whether it's a player, an agent or team who gets desperate, whatever, something. That's going to be where that, that trade is going to happen. And maybe it's this. We'll see. I concur. Andrew. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Jeremy, well done, as always. Thank you. Yeah, was good. Okay. You're in for the quickest producer's corner of all time. Thank you for everybody for... I have no idea how many parts this ended up. So either part two or for listening to this two or three part podcast. Um, We know that you're going to love it because you guys seem to really love it when we let these two... Uh, exercise their brain muscles when it comes to the cap and the no cap. This is all. the fun stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, this is my I, season. I, right? I know. Yeah. This is literally your SZN, your season. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, but speaking of Julius Randall, producer's corner is Julius Randall themed. And it's what we want other fan bases and their front offices. If you're watching, if you just for some reason tuned into this portion of the podcast, um, Here, we're going to tell you all about the player that you're getting, and it's that he's one of eight players since 2000 to average 20, 10, and 5 in a season, just as Leon Rose said. So these two are now going to guess the other seven players since 2000 to average 20, 10, and 5. Who goes first? uh, Age before beauty. So go ahead, John. Uh, Giannis. Giannis is one. He did it four times. Crap. Uh, Jokic. (laughs) 
Jokic is another. He's done it the last. He's done it three times. Missed it two years ago, but has done it three of the last four years. Um, it's since two thousand. Since two thousand. So since I did it since Michael Jordan retired. So the ninety nine ninety the ninety nine season, which was half the season, I didn't count. So it's ninety nine two thousand season. Since then, um, uh, I think didn't Boogie do it the year he tore his Achilles? You are incredible. Yes, nice. the one that's a one year Boogie Cousins. Well done. <laughs> that's what that's what I'd forgotten about. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Yeah, he averaged 25, 12, and uh, 12.9 and 5.4 in the 17 18 season. Four hey, I think yeah. also that season he had he put up a stat line that like it's it was like him and Chamberlain in, a, in some game where he got like I don't know what it was, but it was some crazy mm-hmm. stat line, Jeremy. Big time, Timmy Jim, Tim Duncan. No, Tim Duncan Timmy, never one. averaged that many assists. I'm gonna guess Timmy topped out at like. Did he ever get four assists in a game? I wonder. I can look it up, but it would require me to leave the screen. So I'll let one of you look it up. I'll look it up. Um, wait. So now I have to pick another player, right? Yes. Um. Yeah, and this is 2010 and five, and not like 4.9. Which Julius averaged nine point nine rebounds this year, so technically, Leon Rose was wrong. He didn't do it in back to back seasons. Ten point oh or more. Oh, I'll say this, of Russell Westbrook, yeah, did it four years. That's the in obvious a row. one. Yeah. Yes, um, it was three point nine that Timmy topped out at. Ah, there you so, go. He was, played in an era up. where where it was first to eighty one. So yeah, yeah, James Harden. James Harden did not. He I'm never averaged 10 there. rebounds? Rebounds. No. Yeah. What did he top out with rebounds? He had to get over. He had to get I'll close to nine. Time. Thank you. <laughs> he had to get close to nine. Um, so yes. what have we what have we guessed now? Five? You have guessed Giannis, Marcus Cousins, Jokic, and Westbrook. And obviously Randall. So there's so just one, three more? Three more. Yes. Yes, three more. Um one is an NBA champion. Well, hold on. Did did uh did Sabonis do it last year? Yes. Look at you. Demontis nice, yeah. Sabonis last year. Jeremy. One is an NBA champion. One might have won a championship. Had things not happened. Had things not happened? That's the only hint I'm giving right now. Things not. Yeah. Maybe Netflix is making a documentary about a guy that oh. um <laughs> I don't, even know what, I don't even Maybe know what you're Netflix about. is making a documentary about a guy that prevented. Oh, I know this one now. Is it uh, Vlade Divac? No. No, come on. Wrong guy. Chris, on that team. Ahead, say it. Say it. Chris Webber. Chris okay. Webber. Yes. Now, the other one's an NBA champion, Jeremy, and it did it the most on this list. He did it six times. Well, uh, for what it's worth, Harden in 2016. Average 29.1, 8.1 rebounds, and 11.2 assists per game. 8.1 yeah. topped out at? Okay. Is that his MVP year? You said 2018? Uh, this was 2016. So that's the... So I don't think that was his MVP. So that's 15, 16. It's a year before he lost to Russ. 16, okay. 17. So actually, that is, that's that the year he that. lost to Russ because we were oh, obsessed with triple right. doubles. Right. So okay. Was, yeah. Can I give uh, you the... You want to take a shot at the last one or you want me to give it to you? Give me, I mean, Andrew said it was a, an NBA champion. An NBA champion. One yes. time NBA champion. Uh, John knows it. Okay. I was going to say Bogut just in terms of, but he didn't, he wouldn't have had the, a number of assists. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. Nothing also is wouldn't impossible. have had the points. Yeah. Anything, Anything is possible. possible. Oh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> yeah, it is. One time. NBA there you go. Champion. Yep. That was a good, that's good trivia. Yeah. So look who, at the company that you are trading for in Julius Randle. Him and Kevin Garnett are, are just like the same player. Yeah. And Julius Randle, I just want to put out, is a God-fearing family man mm-hmm. who cares deeply. Kaiden and Jace. About the work. Amen. Yep. Yeah, it's all about the work for him. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. That was a good question. Um, is I, I'm, There's a lot more if you go back throughout more NBA history. Right? Yeah. There, I'm sure I, if I go further back, you, it shows a much larger one here. I'll just, I'll do to 1990 and see what the results give me. I actually but, don't know if we're going to get a lot more going back to 90. So if you add 1990, it's just Barkley that you add. 
And then if oh, you add, yeah. makes sense. MVP yeah. year specifically? Uh, yes, 1993. 1993. And then, and then 1980. Bird, Bird did it a bunch in the, in the uh, 80s. Larry Bird did it five times. Um, that's the only person you add from the 80s. Wow. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't actually... And if you could, I think you go all the way back. I think you're going to get an Oscar. You're going to get, I try, I don't think, I don't think Kareem. You get an Emmy. Here. I will, I will do Kareem. since 1960. Grammy. <laughs> this is great. You got, um, that was well done. All right. Wilt did it a bunch of times. Oh Sydney, no. Kareem, Kareem did get the five, but uh, one year. Sydney Wicks. Two years. Did it. Excuse me. Bill Cunningham did it. Oscar Robinson did it three times. Don't, listen, don't, 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 don't read Bill Cunningham's name like you're reading like fucking Jack Twyman or something. Bill Cunningham is a top 75 player El, ever. Yeah, sure. Uh, Elgin Baylor did it three times. Um, yes, and Kareem did it three times. Yes. Well, I know what I did the other night as we as were about to wrap up that I think I'm entering Loserville with John with like NBA obsession. Um, because I've been watching Winning Time on HBO. First, I watched the first part of the Lakers Celtics 30 for 30 because I wanted to refresh my memory. And that part, okay. that first part leads up to their first series in 84. So I wanted to just see the first part. Then I, on YouTube, it is available the entire game, a game seven of the 1969 NBA Finals Lakers Celtics. Um, Six, you mean 79? 69. The oh. last Russell's last game. Oh, okay. Chamberlain okay. had five fouls, got hurt, left with seven minutes, and then coach didn't put him back in. Got it. Yeah. Different version of basketball. So I'm to say you want to talk about no spacing. Yeah. Everybody just running toward the hoop. Jerry West could shoot, had no left hand. That's the biggest takeaway. Jerry West dribbling toward the left of the left side of the court with his right hand and nobody does anything of also the old heads, but hi Ray, I know you're going to have some pushback on this. Um, that's the era that they played defense. Well, Bill Russell picked up his fifth foul early in the fourth quarter and let whoever do whatever he wanted because he didn't want to foul out. And guess who also did that? Well, Chamberlain Fort's 47 free throws taken by the Lakers in that game. And they missed 19. That's why they lost. Not because will didn't go back in the game. I just want to say, oh. It makes sense that the icon has is dribbling with his right hand with his and with not his, his left hand. Yes, Jerry West. Yes, makes sense because he never dribbled with his left hand. There you go. Do you realize Will Chamberlain once averaged twenty four points, twenty four rebounds, and eight point six assists in a single season? Was that the year he went uh, forty eight and a half minutes averaged? No, that that was actually his. That was the fifty. The year he averaged fifty. That when that he averaged, year. when he averaged eight point six per game, it was the year that he made a point to try to lead the league in assists, which he average, which he he did lead the league in total assists. He did not uh, lead the league in uh, average assists. So fun fun fact for actually no sorry that's yeah no no that is correct yeah that is the year he led, led in total assists and I don't know who he finished second to average anyway these are these are all good conversations <laughs> for another another time. I just love talking about this shit. I'm sorry. I can't get enough of this. Yes. Do you guys want to guess who finished first in the league and average assists per game in the 1967 68 season? Bob Cousy. Jeremy, you want to uh, you want to give a guess? Guess. Uh, God. I mentioned his name a few minutes. It's Oscar ago. Robertson. It is indeed Oscar Robertson. That's yeah. big O. Okay. Big O. Third, Lenny Wilkins. How you doing? By the way, player coach Bill Russell in 1969. That's what I, I was confounded by. I was like, oh, the center just called the timeout. And then now he's leading the timeout. Um, he was very good. Yeah. Bill, Ru I mean, Bill Russell would have been a member of the uh, 2010 and five club, but he never, never averaged 20 points. Yeah, I know. And imagine if someone had played defense on him or if he had developed a post move, maybe 20 minutes, 20 points would have happened. Wow. Yeah. Listen, wow. I'm going off of one game I saw it. It's his oldest that he ever played, which is like fine, probably not a good representation. But if that was your game seven of the NBA finals drama where he's literally just like hands off, go ahead, Wilt, turn around and take your hook. You know. Here's your here's your best your best Randall stat is he uh I think he shot better this year than at least one Russell season. I'm sure there's one. Well, the best uh, Randall stat of the one the twenty the first group that I asked you for, he's the only one in since 2000 to average 2010 and five and shoot better than 40% from three. Yes. That I, that I knew. Um, and I think it was now him and, everybody but, knows it, John. 
<laughs> Thank you. Randall, 41.1%. No, actually, sorry. Bill, Bill Russell never had a season shooting this poorly. Came close. 65-66. Shot 41.5%. Larry Bird once did it and shot 43% from three. This that was what when, I was like, about to say. Yeah, one and a half attempts a game. Because back then they were like, oh, we took a three. He's a wizard. <laughs> All right. This was fun. Um, Andrew, thank you for that. Jeremy, again, just no, no words. Um, this was really good. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for participating, John. Oh, it's, it's, it's what I do. Couldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> Needed some pushback and thoughts. So thank you. No, listen, I, 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 I will say this last, very last thought. I think we, because of what you yourself said at the beginning of the pod, which is like things happen that we, things are going to happen that we're not anticipating between now and when the off season starts, it, we should not be so quick to dismiss some of these teams that right now on paper, you're like, eh, they're not going to make Yeah, You know what? You never know. Stranger things have happened. So we will hope for that. Um, and uh, in the meantime, we thank you, our listeners for checking out another episode of the next film school podcast. Uh, if you dig the show, don't forget, uh, give us a nice uh, review, drop a five-star rating. Um, of course, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I think we're getting close to uh, 9,000, right, Andrew? So that's onwards and upwards. Um, and one more plug, check out, I was listening to episode two earlier today, uh, high quality content, draft class, draft class with Chris Percy Einan. It's dropping every uh, Saturday in which Chris talks to a special guest about the draft. And uh, it is, uh, these are fun episodes about players that um, are probably not going to be Knicks because the Knicks are going to trade their pick, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you like that, Andrew. <laughs> um, all right. On that note, everybody take care. Have a good week.